I recently had the pleasure of interviewing both Shatan Parkin and Carola Eastwood, the authors of a new book entitled The Book of Destinies. To listen, go to Podcast 610. Shatan is the founder of Human Design and has spent over 30 years perfecting the Human Design tool, which is used to help people find their true self. What is it that you have come here to do? Be and express to the world. Human Design gives you the real insight into the hidden elements of your personality. If you want to experience a sample of the Human Design Report, please go to www.humandesignforusall.com to get your no-cost mini-report. Please listen to this wonderfully informative podcast, number 610, with Shatan Parkin and Carola Eastwood on their new book entitled The Book of Destinies. Thanks for listening, and here's your host, Greg Voison. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Michael, as I think all the time, is really the listeners. Uh, I've been doing this almost 11 years, over 615 podcasts. And as you know, Michael, because you're a podcaster as well, um, without your listening audience, you'd be nobody. So for all of you out there who support me to listen to the words of wisdom from our authors, that we continually bring on the show and try and uh, up the game all the time. Thank you so much. And today, uh, Michael, are you joining us from Boston? Is that where you are? Yeah, I am just north of Boston in good old Beverly, Massachusetts, the the birthplace of the American Navy and uh, right next to the town, the famous town of Salem, Massachusetts, the Salem Witch Trials, for those of you who are. Oh, yeah, I know where it is. I've I've been there. So cool. I'm going to let my listeners know something about you. Uh, Michael Alden is the author of 5% More. He's the founder and CEO of Blue Vase Marketing. It's a multi-million dollar firm that's been ranked by Inc. Magazine as one of the fastest growing private firms in America. Uh, Michael is also a recipient of the Smart CEO Magazine 2016 Future 50 Award. A successful serial entrepreneur who hosts his own podcast and writes a popular blog. Uh, Mike is a speaker and regular guest on television and radio throughout the country. Uh, his first book was Ask More, Get More, which is a nationwide bestseller, and we'll have a link in the blog to that as well. And if you want to uh, learn more about Michael, you can go to www.michael-alden.com or he has another website as well, which is 5percentmore.com, which is where uh, the book we're going to be talking about is and featured. Uh, go there, check out what people are saying about it, um, take a download, give him your information, and get his, uh, his newsletter. So, Michael, you know, you basically, uh, you've had a pretty interesting background as a young man growing up. And it wasn't always easy for you. Um, Give my listeners a bit of background about you so that they know where you're coming from and and why you're the guy that could write a book about putting out 5% more, making small changes to achieve extraordinary results. Sure. Well, you know, first of all, I want to thank you for for having me on your uh, on your podcast. Over six hundred man. That's uh, that you've been doing it for a while. That's that's uh, pretty awesome. So good for you. Um, yeah. So you know, I grew up uh, right here in, in Beverly, Massachusetts. I grew up in the projects, surrounded by crime, drugs, violence. My my mother's HIV positive. My stepfather died of AIDS. Kid I grew up with in jail for life for murder. My father was addicted to cocaine. One of my brothers did two years in prison for distribution. Uh, another brother died of an overdose. Another brother went in rehab for, for drug addiction. And I could just go on and on and on and tell you how 
horrible, horrible my life may have seemed. You know, I, I tell people a story too. When I was a kid, I remember I had to stand in the separate line in elementary school, middle school, and high school because my lunch was subsidized by the state. And again, it was a very, very difficult situation to grow up to grow up. And there were a lot worse uh, situations than mine. And a lot of people asked me, they said, Mike you know, what makes you so different? You know, what have you done that's different than the kids you grew up with or your family members and all these things? And I started to think about it. I started writing things down. And one of the first things that I, that I realized, and it's a basic principle, one of the first things that I realized is that at a very young age, I decided that I was going to ask for more out of myself, then ultimately ask for more out of others. And then finally, I decided I was going to ask for more out of life. And that became my first book, Ask More, Get More. Yeah. Well, you know, and and you give some really good principles in here, and you mentioned that success is a moving target, and that it means uh, for us basically that we're constantly. It means different things to different people. Let's just put it that way. What are some of the characteristics of success for you personally? Well, you know, it's a. I've struggled with that definition, and I always ask people that same question. You know, how do you define success? And and, and I found that the easiest answer or the, the simplest way to define success is what it's whatever it is that you want it to be. You know, because we live in this world of Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and all these other different social media uh, mediums where people are projecting images that 99% of the time, actually there's research that shows about 85% of the time, that all these images that people are creating is not real. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I, I, I tell people, I say, look, you know, whatever it is you want in your life, if you want the Bentleys that always people post and if you want the watches and, and the houses and all the other stuff, well, that's great. And if you want to post that and, and you know, as a, some sort of like a, a, a moving vision board, but that's also that's also great. But also, if you want. You know, the, the, the classic American dream of the, you know, the, the, the cape with the white picket fence and be able to take your kids to Disneyland and, 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 you know, and pay for your kids college and have a pension and live a, you know, a happy, simple life. Well, that's considered success for me as well, or, or whoever it is that is trying to get whatever it is they want. So my definition of success and your definition of success, you know, you know, maybe different things. And people say, well, what is your definition of, of success. And, you know, I learned from Earl Nightingale that, that, you know, really kind of success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. So for me, every day I experience success and every day I, I experience temporary failures. So I'm trying to constantly get better. And every, t- every time I get better, I look at it like success. And when you think about 5% more, and when you think about the human mind and how we think and how how we actually really function. I like to break things down on a very, very micro scale and say, man, today was, uh, was a success. This hour was a success. This hour wasn't a success. And if it wasn't, let's look at it and try and figure out you know, why. So success is not what Instagram tells you. It's not what Twitter tells you. It's not what Facebook tells you. It's whatever it is you want it to be. And here's the other thing too. I, I can go on and on about this, but I tell people to stop caring about what other people think about you and stop trying to project that fake image of someone that you want to be. And it's not really who you are. If you want to be that person, you you know, you project these images of you, you know, you live in this perfect life and you're smiling and you're happy and you got the cars and, and you're going out to dinner and all this other stuff. And in all reality, it's all fake, right? But that's what you want. Well, why don't you start working towards that and stop caring about what other people think? When you start working towards what, what it is that you really want, you'll eventually get there. And then when you post those pictures, they'll be real, and you'll be real, and you'll be much happier. 
Well, and I, th- I think what you're saying there, true for the listeners, is that you know it's in alignment with your values. People have different values. Look at what's happening in our country today. I mean, and and that is a true indication. But you got to stand up for who you are. And you know, you started Blue Vase Marketing, and with little or no money and a handful of people, in your first year, you did nine million. Now I watch your speakers reels. You've You've uh, been one of the guys on TV that's promoting health aids and health products, and obviously that made you quite a success. What do you attribute that to, and how did you use the 5% more um, as you were doing this? Because obviously that um, elevated your company's revenues tremendously. Well, you know, it's funny. The first thing, yeah, like you said, we started out Blue Vase. Uh, in late 2008, early 2009, in, in what I like to call the worst economy in, in the history of the world. Okay, people look at the Great Depression. We were going through uh, the Great Depression times 10 during that time. And people don't believe me. Look at history. Look what happened in the stock market. It's just because, you know, we didn't see people standing out in bread lines like it was in 1929. But it was actually one of the worst economies in the history of the world. And that's when I started the company. And here's the thing. I didn't even know it. You know why? Because I don't watch the news. I don't, I, don't, I don't even read the newspaper because I can't stand what's out there. You know, what's going, you mentioned what's going on in this country. Uh, it, it's a mess, and, and, I, and I sometimes have got caught up in it. You know, so stop watching this. So what did I do, though? Okay, so you know, we started this company, again, in 2009 with five people you know, with a goal, with a vision uh, of building one of the best direct response companies in the world. And that's kind of how we started out. And the 5% more mentality, the 5% more philosophy really was a, out of necessity for us. You know, like you said, we went from zero to 9 million to 20 million, 30, 40, 50 million, you know, per year. And we, and we continue to do that. And it seems like, oh, we're doubling up all the time. But when you really look at it on a micro level, on a weekly level, on a daily level, what we were doing was, is we were just compounding on our successes. And the best part about that is, is that when we suffered a temporary defeat, we're able to see that as well and try and figure out why and not repeat that same mistake. And so if you think, you know, people always talk about goal setting and they say, well, you know, where are you going to be in five years? Where are you going to be in 10 years? It's too abstract. It's too far out. I say, where are you going to be tomorrow? Where are you going to be in the next hour? Let's Mm -hmm. focus on that. And that's how we've really lived our lives, you know, at Blue Vase. And then, you know, really, how do we do it? You know, the first five people that started with me, three of them are still here. And, you know, loyalty is important and dedication is important. But these people, like me, have made huge sacrifices, have made huge commitments, and they believe in me and they believe in what we're doing. and, And it's paid off for them. Well, and you've got really this uh, wonderful energy you can tell, and I think people love following a leader or visionary who has that energy, and and you've obviously found great people that are implementers that complement that. And, you know, you state that to actually get 5% more, we need to take action, and then you break action down into two things, uh, thoughts, physical activity. Uh, You said thoughts plus physical activity equals action. Tell us why you believe this will remove inertia for people. What is it out there that you see time and time again um, that creates inertia? Is it fear? What is it? Well, you know, here's the thing. In, in so many people, when they, I tell, I talk, it's one of the things I say, I've posted a bunch of times. So many people dream about being successful, right? I don't like to use the word dream. I tell people to stop dreaming, you know, and start doing. Dreaming is for sleeping, okay? So what, but how do I, what do I mean by thoughts, right? When you look at some of the most, and I talk a little bit, a bit about it in 5% more, and I've 
you know, talk about it in speeches here and there. But when you look at some of the most successful people in the world, especially like the elite athletes, they visualize where they're going to be. They can see themselves in the World Series, you know, when it's tied up, when there's two, you know, two, two outs, two strikes, spot on the ninth. They, you know, they can see themselves actually hitting that home run and winning, you know, the game. The success, Tom Brady, right? We've got the Super Bowl coming up. He visualizes throwing the winning touchdown pass, and he does it over and over and over again. So that's the, that's the, the visualization part of it. And so when you close your eyes, like I'm closing my eyes right now as I'm talking to you, when you, you know, close your eyes, and visualize yourself where you want to be, okay? Whether it be next week, whether it be next month, and but try not to go too far out. Try not to, you know, you know, say, you know, 10 years out. Try to think about where you're going to be again next week, okay? And that's for some people is really hard. It's really, it's actually easy for people to dream about where they want to be, you know, in 10 years. Oh, I'm going to be the next big, you know, movie star. Or I'm going to be the next, you know, tech, you know, entrepreneur. Really? Well, well, you're sitting on your couch right now doing nothing. So let's think about today. Let's close your eyes today and say, all right, where am I going to be tomorrow? And see yourself actually doing it. You know, I was just talking to one of, one of my salespeople who's been with me for a long time. And he's been struggling, but he's been with me for a long time. And he's got this other side business going on, right? And I looked at his side business. I don't necessarily even agree with, with the business itself. But I said, man, if I were you, I would just leave here. And just go do that business. Like, why not? Like, if you, you know, you're like, you're like one foot here and one foot there. I said, look, go take, take, take what you're really passionate about because he's kind of passionate about this, this business and just go out and do it, man. I mean, that's the only way it's going to happen, right? So I said, think about, I said, look, I told the exercise I just gave you, I said, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to see yourself going door to door because that's what you'd have to do. Put on a nice shirt, you know, get some business cards made up, have a nice little bag or whatever it is, have a nice little presentation and visualize yourself going door to door. So that's the first part, right? Let's actually, you know, visualize ourselves doing it. And then the second part, you know, Greg, and this is the part where I think most people have um, the, the, the most amount of difficulty. And you'd, you'd use the term as well, implementers. It's the implementation part of it. It's the physical aspect of it. You can think about being successful. You can visualize yourself being successful. You can visualize yourself doing all these things. And that's great. You know, the, you know, the power of positive thinking, Norman Vincent Peale, it's a great thing. But if you can't implement it, if you don't have any way to, to do it, if you, or, or if you forget to actually take the physical steps, none of it means anything. And that's the hardest part. You know, uh, we're, we're launching a network marketing company called Cloisonne. I'm not going to you know, pitch or anything, but we're, we're launching a network marketing company. I was just talking to some people that are looking to work with us or whatever. And, and I said, man, I just, just got off a you know, two and a half an hour, you know, training call on our back end software. Cause we, you know, we, we, we're, we're, we're licensing software. And you know, I said, man, I said, this is the non-sexy part of network marketing. What people see is, you know, again, the, you know, the work from home stuff and, you know, and making money and, and independent business owners and, and all that, all that other stuff, but they don't see the behind the scenes, the hard work of, of my implementers and me implementing that's the stuff that makes people successful. So whether you want to go to high school, excuse me, whether you want to go to college, whether you want to go to law school, whether you want to start a business, whatever it is, you need to physically do it. And, and whatever, and I can't give you any, but I, you know, I think about college. I remember when I was you know, trying to get into college, you know, you had to fill out your application. You weren't right. just going to, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, right. you're not just going to get into college, yeah. <laughs> even if you're a straight A student. <laughs> Well, right? let's say, let me ask you this. What do you do personally or what do you find that works to set those proximal goals, right? The, the inter, you know, they're the subset goals of the larger goal. So even if you're not setting goals, if it's just that thing you do every day, which is to visualize the next step, what are some of the things that Michael does that you want to share with these listeners 
that really are something they could implement into their life, say, okay, here's an idea for you. This is something that I use. This is something that, you know, I learned from, from others and everything I pretty much talk about, I've learned from others and I, you know, kind of make it my own. But, you know, I think so many people are lacking in their own personal self-awareness. And again, this is, I literally just had this conversation with, with one of my sales, the sales guy I was telling you about. And, you know, we're human, okay? And for those guys that are out there on the internet, on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, that are out there, again, projecting this image that they're out grinding and their life is awesome and they're just, you know, super happy and they're flying in jets and all this stuff. Well, they don't show you the real stuff, okay? I'm as real as it gets. They don't show you the days when you don't want to get up. They don't show you the days when you wake up and your bank account's negative or your payroll, you're barely covering payroll or you have to skip a check or, you, or, or you, you, know, you get creditors calling you, okay? Because that, that's the life of, of an entrepreneur and that's just the way, it, that's just the way business is, okay? And, and, and so people, they, you know, they don't, they, don't, they don't see that type of stuff. So what I do as a human being, okay, as a person just like you, just like anybody else, is I have to constantly remind myself, you know, that I'm accountable not only to myself, but I'm accountable to the people that work for me. I'm accountable to my family members, okay? There are people that are counting on me. You know, um, you know others talk about, you know, what's your why, right? You know, they say, you know, what's your why? And, 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 and I think about that, you know, you know, every single day. And ultimately, the why is really, you know, my family, my daughter, the people, the people that, you know, the people that count on me. So every day when I get up and I don't feel like, you know, going to work or I, or I don't feel like talking to somebody that I don't want to talk to, knowing that I kind of have to, you know, I just do it. Because I know that at the end of the day, if I don't do it, shit isn't going to get done. And you got to get it done. So it's the self-awareness part. And I was saying again, okay, when I wake up in the morning, I look to my right on my, on my uh, uh, end table. There's a statue that my girlfriend got me. And it's, in, in, and it's of the word, uh, by, it's by, the, by this, um, excuse me, it's a sculpture uh, by this artist Romero Brito. I collect a lot of his artwork. And, and here's what it is. It's H-A-P-P-Y. The word happy. happy. And mm-hmm. I look at it and I remind myself every day that I'm very, very lucky and that even though what I'm feeling down or whatever it is, I need to remind myself to be happy. Okay. You know, happiness is, is something that you need to work at. So life is something you need to work at. So when you wake up every morning or even when you go to bed, remind yourself that whatever it is you're going to do sometimes. And I, by the way, I don't do it every day because I'm, I'm a human, right? But I want to do it every day, but sometimes I forget. But if you can be self-aware, if you can really try to remind yourself every day of what it is you're trying to accomplish, who, you, who it is you're accountable for, and again, back to what's your why, then it does become easier. And the days when you have setbacks, you just, because you are self-aware, you know you had a setback. Just yesterday, just yesterday, I didn't go in the office. I really didn't do much, right? And I knew what was happening. I'm sitting there, and I was, I was watching uh, Bering Sea Gold on TV. Right. Right? And, but, but at the same time, I was taking calls with, with my executive team. We're sitting on some stuff. We're some, doing, some, doing some other things. But I also knew that, man, today is probably not the best day. And by the way, sometimes you need those days too. Yeah, you do need the downtime. You know, and you, you, in your book, you've got a, a chapter on happiness. And you speak about a really good friend of yours who, you know, had these fast cars and a big house. And, you know, this guy had the, the, the trophy wife. And then his world came tumbling down through the use of drugs. And you state right. that he had a 5% more transformation when he was put into prison. Can you tell the story and what happened to your friend? Well, you know, here's the thing is, is that, you know, what I mentioned earlier, you know, about, about drugs in, in particular. And, and I just, 
And I'll give you kind of a, not necessarily that story, but I want to give you kind of a broader perspective, perspective of what I think is what's going on in society, okay? Is that so many people, again, they dream about where they want to be in life or they feel as though they should be somewhere in life because of what I call the MTV mentality, but now it's merely like the social media mentality. So they see everyone else out there projecting 85% of them aren't even real images anyway, and they want to be there, and they have no idea what to do because they weren't taught the skills, they're not reading the right books, they're not listening to your podcast, they're not listening to my podcast, they're not doing all the things that they need to do in order to, 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 to develop those skills to be successful. So what do they do? They turn to drugs that make them feel like they're already there. And I mean, the reason why I talk about it, and I talk about addiction in my book, because it's, it's destroyed my family, okay? It's destroyed my uh, people, um, you know, that I know. When, you, when you're able to, again, be self-aware and you hit rock bottom like so many people do, when you're able to hit rock bottom, which sucks, nobody likes to hit rock bottom. And I never, you know, I declared bankruptcy 15 years ago. And for me, that was my rock bottom. And I hope to, you know, to God that I'm never going to have to hit rock bottom again, but it does happen to people. When that happens to you, you know, you have to really, your perspective on life changes and you, and you look at things and say, man, well, what's really important to me? You know, Mm -hmm. is it, is it, you know, is it, you know, wake in the waking up and the true, you know, the, the whole thing about waking up and, you know, smelling the flowers or smelling the roses or smelling the coffee or whatever, that's, that's a real thing. Like, if you can actually step back and say, man, I'm going to wake up see, and just really take a deep breath of fresh air or wherever it is, or I'm going to really look at what a rose looks like. I've done it. And I've sat there and I've seen the beauty of, of, a, of, a, you know, of, of a robin in springtime or you know, swans in a pond. And you sit down and you look and say, man, this is what, this is what life is really all about. It is about those little things. And it, and it does tie in you know, you know, to 5% more. So, so here's the thing is this is why I think so many people are doing drugs and, t- and, and escaping from reality because they don't know what to do. And they see other people you know, progressing so fast. And they just and they and they feel as though they take a drug and I, and again I've I've seen it firsthand. That's why I don't do drugs. I drink right. here and there, you know what I mean. But this is why I don't do drugs because I know what can happen. You know, I mean, I've had oh. my you know, if you ever if you ever had an opera, I've had my knee operated on once and I had to take like painkillers or whatever. And and mm-hmm. I was like, I took one. And I was like, all right, I get it, <laughs> right? I get why people kind of like it, right? But I was like, thank you know, thank God, my my whole body get itchy when I take pain pain uh, medications. But it's like. This is what happens to people, and it's really, really sad. So if they were able to just, if their parents were able to talk to them a little bit about, you know, truly building success principles and understanding the failure aspect of it. I, 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 Zig Ziglar taught me not to use failure. He taught me to use temporary defeat. But you've got to understand it, man. You're going to fall down. It's going to hurt. You're going to, you know, you're going to be in the gutters. You're going to be broke. You're going to, you're going to lose things. You're going to, you're, you're, you know, you're going to get divorced or whatever. You're going to, you're going to, it's going to happen. This is life. Mm-hmm. Taking yep. drugs is going to give you that temporary feeling of euphoria, but it's going to fuck up your life and it's going to fuck up your whole family's life. And I and and I'm from Boston and I swear here and there, but I'm so passionate about it because I've seen it happen. I lost a brother to it. My mother's HIV positive. My stepfather died of AIDS. I've seen it happen to people, and it's really really troubling. And I think, in my humble opinion, one of the biggest reasons why is because of what people are seeing out in society, and they want to be that person, and they have no idea how to get there. Well, and I think the difference in that what you're talking about is it's very painful, but you know, it, it's are are you on the goal line or are you on the learning line? I think your friend, and I go back to the example, if you use those experiences as a learning lesson versus, hey, you know, I got the bigger house, I got the bigger car, it's all about the goal, it's all about, you know, getting more, 
versus, hey, what did I learn from this experience? What can I carry forward? And I think that's really important in the whole process. And you know, you have a stat in the book about uh, reading, and obviously you're a, a big reader, ferocious, you were an attorney, you had to read a lot, and you talk about kids and reading to yeah. them every day. And I think that obviously you've got a nine-year-old daughter, I think she's nine, isn't she? Um, yeah, going to be 11 soon. Yeah. So yeah. going to be 11. Okay. So maybe how long I, it takes to write a book. <laughs> look how long it took to get the book out. It said nine in the right. book. But the right. reality is, is that if people would just do 5% more reading to their kids, talk with us about that a little bit, because, you know, that is a yeah. huge statistic, just being read to and or having them read. There was a, a thing just the other day about this little girl, and I know you saw it probably or read about it. But she read over a thousand books, right? And she was only like, I don't know, five years old or something like that. And they gave her a big award. She went to the White House. Uh, but my point is, um, we don't have enough of these kids reading, do we? Yeah, you know, uh, it, it makes me sad. And and I was very, very fortunate, you know, that even though my parents had some of their issues here and there, my, my parents cared about me and my mom actually read to me every single day. And, and, and I'll tell you real quick, and, and, I'll, and I'll get into that, uh, th that story in the book about that. But, you know, when I was a kid, my mother used to read to me all the time. And one of the books she, she used to read to me all the time was not Horton, um, Here's a Who, which, which is the movie that's out there, but actually Horton hatches an egg, right? And, and you know, all Dr. Seuss stories have some sort of, you know, some sort of story, some sort of moral to them, and, and it's great. Um, and, and I'm a, probably the largest collector of Dr. Seuss Horton art. If you saw my office, I have Dr. Seuss originals from, from Horton. But the, the thing about that book is, you know, one of the quotes they said in that book is, I said what I meant, I meant when I said an elephant's faithful 100%. Um, and so I, I was, uh, as a kid, my mother did read to me all the time, and it was great. And she, I remember watching her read all the time, and she used to use big words all the time. And I, I used to even say to mom, oh, that's a big, that's not even a word. And she'd say, yeah, go look it up. You know, this is when we had to go to, you actually had to grab a dictionary, you know, uh, and go uh, and look it up. And so, you know, I had the opportunity to interview uh, uh, some people over an organization called Reach Out and Read. And, and you know, I think about that as, as a father, and I think about that as, you know, someone who, you know, does a lot with the youth, especially with the YMCA. And I see, you know, what happens to kids who just really are, are, are just not, you know, paid attention to. And, and, and it's sad. And, and Reach Out and Read is an organization. What they do is they go out and they educate um, uh, physicians, uh, pediatricians, and more specifically, uh, to then educate the parents on the importance of reading. And now we all heard, like you mentioned, you all heard, like, you know, the importance from like zero to five. They say from zero to five is important zero to eight or whatever, whatever the, the, um, the statistic is. But it's really, really sad because so many kids aren't read to and so many parents don't even know how to read. And then you also have so many parents where English is the second language. And so what happens is over time is these kids, they're going to school because a lot of parents think, all right, my kids are going to go to school and they're going to take care of it. Right. That's what a lot of parents think. Right. And, 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 you know, it happens to a certain, to a certain degree, but then what happens too is, and I don't really talk too much about this in the book is the summertime happens and these, these kids are not being read to, they're not being educated. And every time, every summer that, that, that happens and it, it continues to compound and it continues to get worse. And by the time they're a quote senior in high school, all the other kids who had parents that read to them, when the, when the, the kids, the, the kids who weren't read to, by the time they're a senior in high school, they're really like at a ninth grade uh, reading level or a 10th grade reading level because of the, of the summer reading gap, they call it, right? But I talk about this study 
in the book. It's called the Hart Ridley Study. Okay, um, it actually ended up becoming a book, and I think it was called Meaningful Differences. It's it's uh, it's like it's like you know watching paint dry. It's not a very um, you know uh, sexy book, so to speak. But what it is is it's a, it uh, it studied 42 fam- families, I believe, in Kansas City, and they sent people into their homes, and, and uh, there was a you know lower income families, middle class families, and the wealthy families. And the interesting thing that they found, because I asked this question, I said, what happens if you have parents that are truly, quote, too busy, which is total BS, but they're too busy. Or what if you have parents that are illiterate? Or what if you have parents that English is their second language and they don't read to the kids or they can't, for whatever reason, they feel like they can't read to the kids? Like what, you know, what do they do? And they told me about this Hart Ridley study. And here's the interesting thing about it is reading is super important. And there are so many developmental things that happen with kids when you read to them visually, when they're looking at the words, when they're looking at the story, they can connect the words, to the story. So there's a lot of stuff going on there, but let's say you can't do that. Talking, speaking words in the household has a dramatic impact on the long-term success of children. And that's a scientific fact. And that's the Hart Ridley study. So if you can't read to your kids, talking more, not even to your kids, but just talking in the household, the more you talk, the more words they develop and the more words that go into their brain and the more developed they will get. And so that's the interesting thing about it. So, so many people treat their kids like chattel. They're like a piece of furniture. They're just, you know, you just had a kid and it's like, they're like a burden to them. And it really, it saddens me. But if that's how you think, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you should find someone else to take care of children. But if you really care as a parent, talk more in your household, read to your kids. And if you can't read, figure it out. Like we talked about earlier, that action thing. If you want, people always dream about their kids being successful and dream about wanting more for their kids, but they never do anything for their kids. And by the time their kids in high school, it's too late, right? So if you really want that and you're listening right now, parents, okay, try and do something for your kids. And, and, and you know what? And I do it every day and I'm not sitting here preaching to, to anybody. I'm not the perfect dad, but I tell you something, I take that responsibility more than any other responsibility in my life. And I talk to my daughter. And some people say I talk to my daughter about things. She's 10 now, almost 11. Some people say I talk to her about things that, you know, that, that I shouldn't. And I disagree with them because I'm trying to teach my daughter the real things that happens in life. I tell her, you know, about business. You know, once my, my daughter said to me, she said, Daddy, I, I was on a phone call. She said, Daddy, will you, that guy you were just talking to, she said, um, do, you, do you buy stuff from him at, at a price and then you sell it to other people at a higher price to make money? I said, yeah, honey, that's exactly what we do. And she was like seven when she said that to me. And like, I get chills thinking about it because she got it. I wasn't talking to her, but she was listening. Well, I think what you say about reading and education in general, in other words, preparing a child for school so that they can excel in school. um, The only thing, you know, I heard this saying once, uh, there's a big highway into poverty. There's a very narrow path out of poverty. And the reality is, is that, you know, the more educated you are, if you ever do end up there as a result of bankruptcy or whatever you are, wherever you get in life, um, at least you can get that narrow path out usually through your education. Now, so Michael, what advice do you have for the listeners uh, as we wrap up here with regards to this application of 5% more in their life? What would be the thing you'd like to wrap up our uh, show with today? Sure. Well, again, I want to thank you uh, for having me on, Greg. But, you know, you know, I've read all the success books out there and I continue to read other success books. And, you know, there's some like I just read uh, actually last year, I read Good to Great. I couldn't believe I hadn't read it yet. But, you know, so when I say I've read them all, I've read a lot of them. 
and, and I see a lot of these success guys out there, quote, success guys, and, and, you know, that are preaching certain things. And I was really kind of frustrated with that. And that's, you know, 5% more kind of came to me from, from a, a, a different route. But when I, when I see what other people are preaching to, to, to you, know, uh, you know, young entrepreneurs or young people or anyone out there that's really kind of, you know, looking for something, I, I get frustrated because most of the stuff is, is theory that, that they've never even done themselves. And most of the stuff is so whacked out and so abstract and so far beyond what the human mind can even comprehend. It's just not going to work for them. Right. And so you can read a book, you can go to a seminar, you can do whatever it is and you can come out of it and you can be fired up for the first few days. But if it's not a real thing that you, that you as a human being on a physiological, biological sense can't do, then you won't. Okay. Right. So, so what I like about 5% more is, is that the science proves that we as human beings can understand, can implement, and can move forward when we take baby steps. And as we continue to take baby steps, I call them 5% steps, 5% moments. You can compound on them over time. And it doesn't sound like a lot, the 5%, but if you do that day in and day out, and the days that you don't, that's okay. Let's start over. Let's do it again. And you just continue to compound on it. Your brain can understand that and, and you can wrap it, you know, your, your, your mind really around it and truly see long-term sustainable growth. So if you have anybody that's telling you, you know, you need to be, you know, 10 times better than everybody else, you need to be 100% on 100% of the time, physiologically, scientifically, our brains do not work that way. And that's a, that, that, that's a scientific fact. But here's the other scientific fact. Our brains do understand the small progressive steps and we can get better. And you can look at CAT scans that even, that even prove this stuff. As you continue to slowly change your habits, okay, I was even concerned about using the word changes on the cover of my book. As you continue to slowly change your habits, it becomes easy and then it's a non-volitional thing. And before you know it, you're like, wow, look at where I'm at today. And it just took that one little baby step. But here, at the end of the day, here's the thing you need to do is you got to take that first step. That is very, very sound advice for our listeners, uh, Michael. I appreciate it so much. And, you know, he is absolutely right. Those smaller little proximal goals um, that you have in life are the things you have to do. I know, Michael, what I do is I divide everything out into meaningful, mandatory, and mundane. And I have a board next to me. Every morning I write on it. And I there's something about the tacticalness of writing it versus putting it in an app uh, that makes a difference. And you actually feel good when you go up there and you wipe them off the board. So really practical stuff. Thank you, Michael, for being on Inside Personal Growth, spending some time. Uh, the book is 5% More to Achieve Extraordinary Results make small changes. And we've been on with Michael Alden. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, sir. Really appreciate it. 